Good evening, it is 5 p.m. and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 11.9 FM. Broadcasting from Lower Carruthers Hall on Queen's campus in Kingston, Ontario. Today in YGK is brought to you by CFRC's News Collective. CFRC's news programming is made possible by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What I Wear at 732 Princess Street, and The Screening Room at ScreeningRoomKingston.com. City Council has voted to move forward with next steps to build a new conference centre downtown. The city will be providing the land valued at more than $11 million to the project for $1 for the creation of a quote, vibrant mixed-use development, end quote. The development will be on the Tragically Hip Way across the street from Slush Puppy Place and will include a conference center, hotel, and residential space. The motion included $50,000 for each competitor who submits a proposal. Once it is built, this is something that's going to serve a community from here on in, and it's going to be in our community for forever. So and that's why we need to make sure that we get the best possible proposal. With Tourism Kingston on board to split half the cost, the motion was amended to split that amount evenly between city reserves and municipal accommodation tax revenue, which is normally used to fund tourism-related projects. If we're able to get six, potentially six back, without having to pay the whole thing, I think that that's excellent. I support this fully. I think it's a really great compromise um, and I really appreciate that Tourism Kingston is willing to, to work with us. I mean, they're always a great partner, but um, I, I fully support this. Most of Council was supportive of the motion. So this is, uh, I think, an important time for us to invest in our city. You know, this is an opportunity that's been coming for a long time. We, we, this is kind of like the maturing of our city. We have a beautiful arena. We have it. To, it's the synergy that we want to continue when the arena was built in our downtown, and it is about uh, um, uh, a business synergy as well. And it's gonna, it's gonna complement everything that is there. So I would encourage us to. Uh, we heard tonight to support it. We heard tonight about the positive impact on the economy and um, it's it's a, a like a tourism um, a tourism business cycle that we really want so I, I really think that uh, this is something to support and it'll be a, a great development for us all and for for the future thank you we know that um, the convention center is, is greatly needed that's one check mark it's producing a number of houses another check mark We've heard from a number of our businesses downtown that there is not enough parking. 169 parking spaces will be developed, another check mark, and then obviously a hotel. And in my understanding and in talking to our accommodation partners, um, another hotel space is, is desperately needed in the downtown core, so another check mark. So we're hitting four major threshold marks uh, in moving forward with this industry uh, or this, this development uh, of this kind. So I'm in full favor of this. It's going to create a lot of jobs, uh, right from construction jobs straight through to when the convention center hotel are up and running. Um, I think this is a good move. This is another step in our downtowns, but specifically our core as a city growing in the right direction. While most councillors were in favor of moving forward with the project, some had concerns that this was not the best use of the city's resources. From what we've seen over the last 
um, years since this council started is that we don't have a lot of city-owned land. You know, like in Toronto, they always talk about, okay, we're going to start being a builder of some affordable housing because we have all this extra land. In Kingston, it's really not the case. We do own this parking lot, though, that, you know, is now going to be a convention center. Um, the housing crisis is just getting worse. The affordability crisis is getting worse. And I just think, you know, uh, like it's just getting worse. And as we go forward with this convention center, I think this piece of land is better to hang on to and to think of something that could have some affordable housing units and not a convention center. Um, it's really the only land we have other than, you know, start building on some parking lots like the England parking lot downtown to put some affordable housing on. And um, I can't support this. Thank you. I have sort of two objections to this. Uh, one is I still have to go back to my constituents tomorrow and say the city is giving $250,000 potentially to a successful development firm that might get an $11 million piece of land. I, that's a hard thing for me to sell to my uh, my constituents. So I find that a bit problematic here, although I am encouraged the fact that Tourism Kingston did kick in 50%. That's great. Um, the second is, is just um, the message that in the midst of a housing crisis and climate crisis, we're building a convention center. I, it doesn't sit well with me philosophically of the message that we're sending out. Um, I can tell by the conversation around the table how excited everybody is. I realize I'm in the minority here and I'm fine with that. Uh, but just on that, those two philosophical grounds, I'm going to not vote for this. Uh, but thank you for the great work Steph has done on this report. Thank you. City Council voted 10 to 3 in favor of moving forward with the project, with the next step being a request for proposals from all six developers who submitted expressions of interest last year. Great comments around the table. I appreciate Councillor Toza's comment. The only thing that I would say is that we can do more than one thing at once. So we can do a convention center, conference center, and a great mixed-use development on this one parcel of city-owned land, and we can also be very aggressive meeting housing targets, affordable housing, supportive housing, absolutely. So appreciate that comment, but um, to be clear, this is not an either-or. Uh, this is a matter of when we have a strategic plan with 115 different initiatives, this is pushing forward one of those, but we're also gonna be able to push forward everything else as well. So I think it's a great opportunity. This is a very unique piece of land that has been talked about in this city for a very, very long time. And I am so anxious to see shovels in the ground and to be see something built finally next to Slush Puppy Place. I think it would be a great addition to the downtown. So looking forward to seeing what uh, amazing designs and proposals come forward from the proponents uh, later, later on. Thank you very much. In a reminder from the City of Kingston, interim property tax bills are due on Thursday, February 29th. Kingston property owners are reminded that interim property tax bills are due on Thursday, February 29th. Property taxes are an important source of revenue for a city and allow for the delivery of essential services. Residents who have not received their bill or who are interested in learning more about and enrolling in the city's pre-authorized payment plan may contact the city by calling 613-546-0000. Monday to Friday between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Failure to receive your bill does not excuse property owners from payment or from penalties for late payment. To learn more about property taxes, visit cityofkingston.ca tax. 
Cannonball Crush and Kingston challenges racers with more obstacles than ever before. Early bird registration for Fort Henry's Cannonball Crush obstacle course is open. St. Lawrence Parks Commission, SLPC, is excited to welcome Cannonball Crush back to Fort Henry in Kingston Saturday, June 8, 2024. This year, Cannonball Crush racers will be challenged to a brand new course route and new historic-themed obstacles, making for the most obstacles the race has seen before. Cannonball Crush is an exciting and limit-testing 5-kilometer race with 20 formidable obstacles which take strength, determination, and team spirit to overcome. Only those who crush these challenges and cross the finish line can claim to have conquered the board. Designed for 18-plus racers of all fitness levels, the race will take place on Saturday, June 8, 2024 in advance of YGK Craft Beer Fest, where Cannonball Crush vanquishers receive complimentary admission. Racers can compete alone or in teams, facing this year's new obstacles and returning favorites such as the giant slip and slide. For those who are eager to crush this uphill battle, registration is open, with discounted early bird pricing effective until March 28, 2024. Competitors are encouraged to register early to guarantee their spot. Regular pricing runs March 29th to May 31st, 2024, and registration will not be available on the day of the event. To learn more, visit cannonballcrush.ca. That wraps up your headlines for this evening. Next up is Zayden Vergara with your sports desk. Good evening, everyone. My name is Zayden Vergara, and stay tuned tonight for your C4C Sports Rundown, featuring an in-depth story about the Toronto Auto Show, as well as your Queens women's hockey team as their playoff series concluded against the U of T Varsity Blues. As hockey ramps down, we'll be going and taking a look at the men's and women's basketball team as the top-seeded Gales were able to hold off the McMaster Marauders to advance to the Wilson Cup in playoffs. Shifting gears right over to women's volleyball, the Gales were able to open up their playoffs with a straight set win over the Nipissing Lakers. This is going to get them over towards the semifinals. For the men's team, they hosted the Toronto Varsity Blues and were able to win in straight sets 20-25, 15-25, and 27-29 in a very closely contested third and final set. Next in the semifinals, they're going to be hosting the Brock Badgers. That will be March 1st at 8 p.m. Finally, your very own Kingston Frontenacs were away playing the Erie Otters. The Fronts would explode into the first period as Linus Hemstrom would be able to score the very first goal just 25 seconds into the first period, setting the tone for this matchup. Hemstrom would then go on to score a shorthanded goal just eight minutes later. Finally, the Otters got on the board with Bruce McDonald being able to score with two minutes remaining in the period. As the Browns went to the dressing room, the score was 2-1 and they knew they had to set the tone in the second period. Paul Andunsky would do just that as he was able to score a beautiful goal assisted by Jacob Battaglia and Matthew Soto. Bruce McDonald would score early in the third period, making it a 3-2 game and things would get real interesting. Quinton Burns to find one, but then two back-to-back -back goals from the Otters, from Malcolm Spence and Panel Pims. This meant that Matthew Soto would have to get a power play game-winning goal, and then Linus Hemstrom would get an empty net goal, as well as an insurance goal to complete his very own hat-trick. But on that note, that's all for your CFRC Sports Rundown. Now over to Erica Singh with your campus update. Thank you so much. Hello, my name is Erica Singh and welcome to Campus Corner. Here are some campus news headlines. 
Students at Queens, through the Kingston chapter of Bags of Promise, have made a significant impact by delivering more than 30 backpacks filled with essential items to Tippy Moza, a local nonprofit organization which aids Indigenous youth experiencing homelessness. Bags of Promise was founded by Queen students Selena Lovisoto and Brooke Baker in 2022 and conducts annual donation drives to support the Kingston community. This year, they collaborated with Tippy Moza to focus on helping youth from equity-deserving groups. More than 25 students worked since the fall semesters to secure donations, partnering with local businesses, community members, and corporations. The donations included hygiene products, winter gear, non-perishable food, and other essential items to support individuals through the winter. Bags of Promise plans to conduct a menstrual product drive in April to address the period poverty within the Kingston community. Next, researchers have secured over $4 million in funding from the Canadian Institutes of Health Research, or CIHR, for various projects addressing chronic diseases, cancer, and other health challenges in Canada. Seven researchers from Queen's received grants for research projects demonstrating the potential to advance health-related knowledge and impact health outcomes. The funded projects include a research into mitochondrial fission, changing the gut microbe to improve health outcomes for melanoma patients, a clinical trial for widespread chronic pain, improved understanding of shortness of breath and early stage chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, examinations of factors associated with liver fibrosis, screening rates for people with type 2 diabetes, and addressing the threat of tick-borne diseases exacerbated by climate change. The funding helps to support groundbreaking research that will continue to improve the health and well-being of people all around the world. Next, Queens' full-time MBA program at the Smith School of Business has achieved the top position in Canada in the Financial Times Global MBA rankings. The program's success is attributed to the dedication of the faculty, staff, and students, along with the significant impact and value perceived by MBA graduates in the marketplace. Notably, the program ranks first in Canada and 30th globally for career services, with 96% of MBA students employed within three months of post-graduation and a 108% increase in salary for graduates. The Smith MBA also secured the top spot in Canada for its alumni network and value for money. It ranked 25th globally in the latter category. The Financial Times Global MBA ranking considers career progress, diversity, research, and ESG factors. Overall, Smith's full-time MBA was ranked 62nd globally, marking a 9-spot increase from the previous year. Thank you so much. That's all from me today. Now it's time for your CFRC weather report for this evening. Tonight we're expecting clear skies with winds being 30 kilometers per hour after midnight. We have a low of minus one. Looking forward to tomorrow, we're expecting sunny skies with increasing cloudiness in the afternoon, then showers beginning late in the afternoon. Late in the afternoon, there will also be a risk of thunderstorms. Winds will be 20 kilometers per hour, gusting to 40, becoming light late in the morning. Winds will be 20 kilometers per hour in the afternoon. We have a high of 14, UV index is 2 or low. For the evening, we're expecting showers with a low of 7. Next up is your CFRC traffic report.
Now it's time for your CFRC weekly traffic report. Reduced load restrictions are in effect in Kingston as of February 26th. Heavy trucks and loads are restricted on city roads where posted. These restrictions help reduce damage to roads in the spring. PSBC wishes to advise motorists of an alternating lane closure on LaSalle Causeway for major rehabilitation until April. During this period, one lane will be closed and one lane will remain open for alternating traffic. Motorists should expect short delays. Access will be maintained for pedestrians and cyclists. PSBC encourages users to exercise caution when traveling over the bridge and thanks them for their patience. In road closures, University Avenue Union to Earl is closed until the end of May for the Queen's JDOC project. In parking disruptions, the Hanson Memorial Parking Structure Restoration Project is now underway. The work will take place throughout all levels of the building and will include efforts such as routine structural maintenance, repainting, replacement of waterproofing materials, and upgrades to the building's electrical and mechanical systems. The work is planned to end in late December 2024. The work will be completed in phases to allow the building to remain open to public parking for the duration of the project. It is anticipated that no more than 50% of the available 271 parking spaces will be closed at any time. There is also parking availability at the Chown Memorial and Robert Bruce Memorial parking garages in the two adjacent blocks to the west. In other delays, Queen Street, Montreal to Sydenham expect an eastbound lane closure until April 1, 2024. Detours will be in place for the duration of the closure. That wraps up your CFRC traffic report for this evening, and next up is your concerts and events calendar. Now it's time for your CFRC weekly concerts and events calendar. Starting off with events, on February 26th, award-winning chef Jeremy Austin and Aqua Terra chef Brent McAllister will be presenting a culinary event at Miss Bao Restaurant and Cocktail Bar to celebrate the end of the Lunar New Year. This event is part of Kingstonlicious, a culinary experience featuring local chefs and special guests. There will be seatings at both 5.30pm and 8.15pm. Price per person is $155. To book a reservation, call 613-545-0123 or email missbow at acidityandwatergroup.com. Queen's student-athletes are invited to take part in Queen's Equity, Diversity, Inclusion, Anti-Racism, and Accessibility Education Series. On February 26th, a session on sexual and gender diversity in sport will be taking place from 7 to 8 p.m. Use the link from your coach to register. The location of the event is to be determined. Tomorrow on February 27th, head over to the Agnes Etherington Arts Center for a free creative movement session from 10.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. This mindful movement session will respond to works in Agnes's exhibitions and inspire individuals to move creatively in ways that make them feel good. There is an opportunity for improvisation and collaboration at each session. This program is facilitated by Amy Booth, a registered physiotherapist and dance educator. This is a 16-plus event. To register, visit agnes.queensu.ca. On February 28th, The Queen of My Dreams kicks off the 24th Kingston Canadian Film Festival. The film will be shown at the Isabel Bader Centre for the Performing Arts at 6.30pm. The festival will be featuring 80-plus homegrown features and shorts over five days. For a full list of showtimes and to purchase tickets, visit kingcanfilmfest.com tickets. 
Also on February 28th, Yellow House Student Center for Equity and Inclusion will be hosting a free screening of American fiction from 8pm to 10.30pm at the screening room. To wrap up Black History and Futures Month, American fiction is highly acclaimed and features Jeffrey Wright, Sterling K. Brown, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Issa Rae. This event is open to all Black staff, students, faculty, and Kingston community members. You can reserve your seat at eventbrite.ca. On February 29th, for Drag Bingo, head over to Daft Brewing from 7.30pm to 10.30pm for Rowena Way's Signature Bingo. This event is free and there is no need to register. Also on February 29th, Majors Night will be held at Grant Hall from 4pm to 7pm. Choosing a program is one of the largest decisions students can make in university. It's important to make an informed choice. But it doesn't have to stress you out. Attend Majors Night to learn more about each arts and science program. On March 1st, Fresh Food Market Pop-Up. An initiative of Kingston Community Health Centers will appear at the YMCA from 9.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. The Fresh Food Pop-Up Market brings affordable produce and chef-created gourmet healthy options to Kingston and the surrounding areas every week. Visit freshfoodmkt.ca for more information. Also on March 1st, there will be a Black History Month closing social and karaoke from 6pm to 9pm at Petal Works Cafe and Studios. This event is free, open to all ages, and no registration is required. On March 2nd, Sustainability is Not a Sacrifice, a conference that aims to inspire and educate our community on how sustainable practices can be integrated into various aspects of our lives, will be taking place at Mitchell Hall from 9am to 4pm. Various speakers will delve into the problems we currently face as a globalized society and offer solutions that focus on the benefits of following a sustainable economic model that holds the community as its center. Tickets are $15, which includes admission and a light breakfast and lunch. On March 3rd, are you a trans, non-binary, gender queer, gender fluid, or other non-cisgender person who wants a safer space to swim and to meet other students and the wider trans community members? Head over to the ARC on March 3rd at 2.30 p.m. for a solidarity swim. Swimmers will meet at the ARC Earl Street entrance at 2.20 p.m. This event is free and open to the wider Kingston community. For more information and to register, you can visit gogalesgo.com. Next up is your concerts calendar for this week. Tonight, the Inner Harbor Jazz Trio will be performing at the RCHA Club at 193 Ontario Street from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. for free. On February 27th, Tom Savage will be hosting an afternoon happy hour jam at the RCHA Club. This will be an open mic slash jam with Tom Savage and friends where everyone is welcome. The event is free and runs from 4 to 7 p.m. On February 28th, head over to Miziki Cafe and Whiskey Bar at 8 p.m. to see Frank Ryan perform. This event is pay what you want by donation to the musicians. This is a 19 plus event. Also on February 28th, Godspeed You, Black Emperor, will be performing at Kingston Grand Theatre from 8pm to 10.30pm, all ages. To purchase tickets, you can visit kingstongrand.ca. On February 29th, Zibit, Keaton Sound, 92 is Rare, and guests will be performing at Stages Nightclub from 6pm to 10pm. Tickets vary in price and can be purchased at showpass.com. On March 1st, Georgia Harmer will be performing with support from Piner at the Broom Factory. This event runs from 7pm to 10pm. Tickets are $20 and can be purchased at ticketscene.ca. That wraps up your concerts and events calendar for this week.
Thank you for tuning in to CFRC's local news programming. To revisit episodes of Today in YGK and hear more from some of our guests, you can head to our podcast network at podcast.cfrc.ca. Today in YGK is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What Will I Wear 732 Princess Street, and The Screening Room at screeningroomkingston.com. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next. What Will I Wear offers the best in vintage, funky, one-of-a-kind treasures, clothing, accessories, and a fabulous selection of jewels, vintage and new. Find the cutest purse, the most dashing of hats and sunglasses, everything to complete your individual look. What Will I Wear has it all. They can dress you from top to bottom. Find your new fashion fave at What Will I Wear at 732 Princess Street in Kingston. Visit their new location and follow them on Facebook to keep up to date with what's in store at What Will I Wear.